What I wanted to do today is again, I want to, I want us to share some more from the from the congregation because you know I really believe that the things that are ahead of the church, it's going to require all of us to be hitting on all cylinders. It can't be a twenty percent leading uh, carrying the load, ninety percent just riding along. This is we're entering to the time where the body of Christ has to be a functioning thing. And that means everyone's doing their part. And so we need you to step up. And part of your stepping up is to testify as to what God is doing in your life. Um, Jesus said this. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, he said that because that is our call, is to overcome the world. We are to overcome in all things. If you read the last book of the Bible, which I would think would be an important book, the last one, kind of sums it all up, a recurrent theme through the entire last book of the Bible is those who overcome and those who don't. There will definitely be a division between those who overcome and those who will not. All of the goodies from the kingdom of God, the rewards, go to those who will overcome. And those who won't will literally lose what they could have had. That's really sad. It won't be because God has not given them the ability to do what's needed. He gives plenty of grace. It's completely on their choice. You know, you can see people taking their places on how they're going to choose right now. It's really amazing. I mean, the intensity of the warfare is really amping up. But we we win. you got to remember that. We overcome. You know, I'm, I, I, I want to read this little deal here I wrote. Uh, I was writing this on Christmas. And... I'll just let me just read this. I have had a sense all week that we are more clearly seeing what God has been leading us to, and that is the taking of this kingdom. That's what He's been leading us to. This began at Lake City, 2017, with this entering of the Promised Land thing, and it has been building ever since. More and more, I see the change in focus concerning the. Enemies of the promised land, the Ott brothers. And the focus is this. It's no longer about those things that are wrong in us. It's about us being led by God as his witnesses to address that same stuff in people in this world. You know, we were all undone. Enemies of the cross, resistors of God, until he, until he met us. We we're all the same. There are so many people out there who have not yet met Christ. And they're going to look a lot like you used to look. Paul was real clear. He says, such were some of you. And he mentioned all these things that we all were at one point in our, in our previous life. And as that prophet said, Bob Jones, 2020 will see a move of the Spirit where a billion souls will be saved. That's our call, is to go take that, all those people, those souls, from the, the clutches of the enemy of God. And from the end, the enemy's kingdom, and bring them into God's kingdom. That's our call. And as we go, we're going to see people look just like we used to look. And we need to have a message for them. And the message is that we overcome. There's a God who loves us, and because of that, we overcome. The Bible says we overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb. And then we add to that the word of our testimony. The blood of the Lamb takes care of the sin issue. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. There's not one thing that it won't touch if we let it. What's needed is for us to add our testimony of how that did it for us, how God worked in us, so we can talk to people who were once like us or we were once like them and give them hope and a path to walk in into life. That's what God is calling us to. Uh, there, turn with me. We'll read a couple of scriptures. Turn with me to Daniel. This is a scripture that has been at work, well, forever actually. 
but it really began in the days of Daniel, which is about, I'll give you a ballpark, 600 B.C. Somewhere in that time frame, 600, 550 B.C. So we'll, we can say that easily for the last 2,500 years, this prophecy has been going on. And you know the story, Daniel was a Jew and his, his brethren, they were taken captive by Babylon uh, when Israel blew their covenant with God. They, they blew the covenant, and so they were taken into captivity. And Daniel and his three friends were among those. And Daniel ended up uh, being elevated to the highest levels of the government of Babylon to the point where he was literally the counselor to the king, just like Joseph was in Egypt to Pharaoh. So this is how God works his stuff. Now, this king, <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar, had, had a dream, and it literally freaked him out. And... Uh, Nobody could tell him what that dream meant, which was, if you were a magician in those days, that was not good, that you couldn't tell this guy what he just dreamed. You know, it could mean your head's coming off. So we're going to pick up this dream thing in verse 30 of 2, chapter 2. Sorry about Daniel 2, verse 30. And um, let's pick it up in verse 29. As for you, we're going to go back to verse 28. <laughs> He's telling Nebuchadnezzar, there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen or what will be in the latter days. Well, that's our time frame. Latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came to your mind while on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anybody living. But for our sakes, who make known the interpretation to the king. And look at this last line of verse 30. And that you may know or understand the thoughts of your heart. Isn't that a great line? Interpretation is given so that you may know what's going on in your heart. It's going on there, but you don't, you don't understand. That's why, that's the prophetic coming in there and saying, this is what's going on in your heart. Sometimes you need someone from the outside to help you get a grip on what's going on inside you. God's an amazing God. He puts stuff in there and you don't even understand it. And here comes someone to tell you what it means. Verse 31. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and his form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron, partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell you the interpretation of it before the king. You, O king, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever, whenever the children of men dwell, or wherever they dwell, or the beasts of the field and the birds of the heaven... He has given them into your hand and has made you the ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. But after you shall arise another kingdom inferior to yours. Then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. For inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. This is talking about the false beast, the, the Antichrist, the great beast. Verse 41, whereas you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay, partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron, partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong, partly fragile. And as you saw the iron mixed with the ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men. 
but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. Look at verse 44. And in the days of these kings, by the way, that's our day. When the iron and clay thing, this is where we live today. Verse 44. In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. And as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, bronze, clay, silver, and gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Now, as most biblical theologians, scholars, etc., will say to you, that stone cut without hands is Jesus Christ. The kingdom that he brings will crush all the kingdoms of the world. And it will consume them and smash them like chaff and then occupy the entire earth. That's the prophecy that we're still operating within. Okay? And it started off with the king of Babylon. And it will end at the, at the end, if you read the book of Revelation, with Babylon. Babylon will still be there and at the end, and God will crush it. God will judge it and crush it. Now, what's that say to us? Well, we are a part of that process of this mountain being crushed by this stone. We are a part of that process. In the book of Revelation, just turn over there real quick. And like I say, the, one of the themes of the book is that we overcome. Everybody has an issue, folks. Everybody has a sad song in life. The only question is, is will you let that thing that so tries to defeat you instead become for the glory of God? God enters into every circumstance of life. And if you will let him, he will redeem it for the glory of God. I don't care how bad it is. It's all for the glory of God. You can be born blind, and 30 years later, God heals you for the glory of God. It had nothing to do with sin. Or you can sin and be lame, and God come and heal you for the glory of God. But if it's for you, it may not last. Ten lepers were healed for the glory of God. But only one of them came back and gained glory. That was the one that was for the glory of God. The rest of them were kind of by the wayside. Which one will you be? Well, in the book of Revelation, it tells us in the chapter 11, turn there, that there are witnesses at the end when this stone that was cut without hands begins to do what Daniel said it would do. Take down these other kingdoms. Okay? Now, there's a process in taking down a kingdom. You know, it's not just... In a day, even though there will be a day in which it is accomplished, there is a building up to it. And that day is talked about in this chapter, Revelation 11. And he talks about his witnesses. And you know, if you were here last time that Al was here, he got into this two witnesses thing. That the two witnesses are the, is the church, the church of the Gentiles and the church of the Jews coming together and witnessing to the world. So I, I agree with that. I believe that. And uh, you're starting to see more and more prophets come forth and talk about this thing. The same thing. I heard a guy the other day. His name was Bill Hammond. You ever heard of him? He's one of the most well-known prophets of our day. 84 years old. He's been around a long time. This guy's really got, he's got the strokes. And he got into this same issue. I saw him on 700 Club. I try to watch stuff like that at the beginning of the year because you're going to get a lot of prophets standing up and telling you what, what they think God is saying. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to them. Open your ears. Open your heart. See what they're saying. Bill Hannon got into the same issue that we've been talking about. Us taking the promised land. He said the church is at Jericho. We're now in the promised land. And we're going to take the promised land. He said for them it was Canaan. For us it is the kingdoms of this world. We are sent forth to bring the gospel to the kingdoms of this world and take them for the, for the Lord. That's our promised land. 
So, same thing. He said, you know, we are the witnesses to that thing. You start to hear more and more and more from people who are prophets of our day, who have real stripes, scars that you can see, and they're all saying the same kind of thing. Now, there's a big pushback, but we're going into new areas, folks. Don't kid yourself. And you need the spirit of prophecy at work in your life so that we can understand it. These two witnesses are a part of that understanding. That we're called to be the, the, the proclaimers of the gospel to the world. So I have a story. In Sunday school, I gave some of you part of my story. How that car back there represents the restoration of God. It's ridiculous how God can do things with a car. I mean, there's no end to the techniques and the methods in which he will use to redeem his people. And he will take you through troubling times to bring you to a place where it's all about the glory of God. And everybody can see it and go, wow! That's what he's trying to do with us. Now, notice at the end of these guys' ministry, the two witnesses, they end up, some of them getting murdered. Verse 15, and then the seventh angel sounded, and there was loud voices in heaven saying, the thing about Daniel, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So we see the book of Revelation speaking to the same thing that Daniel spoke of. There is a stone cut without heads. That is Christ and his kingdom, and it will devour the kingdoms of this world. How he does it, I mean, who knows? We're not going to get out pop guns and pistols and kill the beast. We're not doing it that way. It's a spiritual war. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual things. And that's where we are going. Okay? So, Daniel prophesied of it. Revelation spoke about it. We are bringing it to this same point, And we are there to witness to this thing. I've been hearing even songs being sung, new songs. The, the, the musicians are getting it. You can tell the spirit of prophecy is out there speaking to people and bringing this up. Have you heard that new Jesus culture record? Record. That's an old term. Gosh, I'm old. It was on a 78. Did y'all get to do 78? You don't even know what a 78 is, do you? Oh, man, y'all disgust me. Golly. That was Elvis Presley level stuff right there in 78. So anyway, uh, the new Jesus culture uh, stuff is really good. And they have this song, I Will Prophesy My Promises. Have y'all heard that song? Is that a cool song? Very cool song. And she's, uh, she's saying, you know, I, I found you in the middle of my mess. You had been there all along. Open arms and open heart. You called me in. You didn't hesitate at all. In the middle of my mess, that's for the glory of God. In the middle of my mess. See, I love City of Refuge because we don't hide our mess. We actually point it out. Take a picture. That has ramifications, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And the lies I once believed, they crumble with the weight of your truth. And the fear that gripped my heart is arrested so that I can see you. How about that one? And then she talks about prophesying his promise. And then she says this. You set a table in the midst of my war. You knew the outcome of it all. When what I faced looked like it would never end, you said, watch the giants fall. See, you can see God's doing his thing. He's sending his message out. Giants are going to fall. But you've got to face them. Ugh. It doesn't feel good when you face a giant. It's kind of scary. It kind of has memories attached to it. Where you didn't do so well. You know, but God is moving there. I, uh, I got this the other day. Uh, I think through Charisma. And uh, it's, it's by this guy, I'm going to read it, uh, this minister at Bethel. So, you know, that's, they got 
some pretty good stuff going on at Bethel. And, uh, and so let me just read portions of this because I think it has to do with the, the year coming up. It says, do you feel like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Has this year been a constant battle? Earlier this year, I gave a prophetic word concerning spiritual warfare on the earth. There was an onslaught of fear during 2018 because we moved into enemy territory that had been occupied for years. That's interesting. Here we go with the promised land thing again. Demonic forces that have held the planet in their clutches for generations were and still are being broken. So you may have experienced resistance. Duh. In the form of anxiety. Let me focus here. In the form of anxiety, depression, nightmares. Duh. And even suicidal thoughts. Because you have taken new land to change the world and to love the evil out of this earth. As you take new ground, there's resistance pushing back against you. Is this true? Amen. Amen. We'll just keep going. Spiritual conflicts most often occur when we advance into new territory that is inhabited by evil spirits. Much like Joshua's promised land experience or Nehemiah's rebuilding of the walls, the enemy defends his territory when we are pushing forward into new land. Wow. He says, don't misidentify your enemy. It's so important that we understand that we are not warring against our old man. Boy, you, some of you need to hear that. It's so important that we understand that we are not warring against our old man. Folks, it's like I've been saying. The Ike brothers teaching is 30 years old. It was for the old dude's generation, the rod generation. We had to deal with what's in the promised land in ourselves first. We had to see, you know what? The enemy is me. I'm this way. And this is what I must take to the cross and overcome. And then there's a point, and then we have entered that point. Where it's not about me anymore. Even though I'm still Larry, I have put these things under my feet now. They still will try to rise up, but I've already overcome it by the blood of the Lamb. And I have a testimony to that. And now I'm being sent out into the other places where the same things are there. So it's not about my old man anymore. It's not about that. It's about the kingdom of God. So, we're not warring against our old man, but against principalities. The war is finally won when you recognize that the thoughts that you are fighting against, the thoughts that you are fighting against are not your own. They're demonic. And you must resist them. Again, I hope you understood what I just said. Satan attacks with your thoughts. You have got to learn to identify from whence they came. God speaks, but don't kid yourself. So does Satan. Learn to discern. Ephesians 6.12. And I actually been thinking about this scripture. Turn over to Ephesians real quick. Ephesians 6. This scripture has been going off with me for a long, long time. I really think that we need to go back to this and teach it again. When I first began the my ministry, I began in, in Ephesians 6.10. Teaching boys. Ten-year-old boys. And now here I feel like we're back here, and now I completely have a different angle on it than I did then. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I, I just keep thinking, okay, you know what? I, I, I guess you have to get old before you really get this. Your strength and your power is nothing. But we rely on it most of our life until it is nothing. And then we begin to really appreciate the grace of God. That his strength is really what I need. His power is what I, what I be, should be looking toward, not mine. You can't outsmart, outbench press, outrun, outbeautify the enemies of God. 
you're better off doing what John the Baptist did. Decrease so that he can increase. Be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might, not mine. And that's Paul's call here. And then he takes us into put on the armor of God so that you can do that. Al Houghton's teaching goes to that. I'm righteous. Why? Because he said I was. The blood of the Lamb took care of that issue. I'm accepted. I'm holy. I'm all those things. He's clothing us with this, with this truth so that we can fight. Verse 12, our battle is against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, and the rulers of the darkness of this world. So we're fighting spiritual battles. Put on the, the armor of God. Put on his strength. Now, back to this thing. We must be understanding that we're, our, our fight is not against flesh, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, get this. When we understand that our old man is dead, we don't try to fight him anymore. Wow. That's kind of cool. Do we ignore him? No. You pick up your cross daily and say, you know what this means. You rise up, cross time, and then move on in to the things that matter. You have to account what God did as done. He killed your, your old man at the cross. The Bible says you died with him. Did you know that? You died with him when you took him on. So move forward. Evil spirits attack by giving, I love this. <clears throat> Evil spirits attack by giving you thoughts that are compelling. In other words, they make you feel like you want to do them, even though they are the opposite of your history and nature. Then those same spirits accuse you of having those thoughts and feelings. Isn't that true? <laughs> Gives you a thought and then blames you for having the thought. Discern people and take authority over that kind of stuff and put it down. If you believe these accusations, though, you slip into fighting yourself instead of the true enemy and may even lose confidence in yourself and God's ability to keep you. This starts to spiral down into depression, anxiety, and self-hate. A couple other things. Perhaps this year you had some great victories, followed by some intense battles. Yes. I propose that you didn't miss it when you stepped into new ground with courage. You're experiencing resistance because you're right where you need to be. Taking new ground, advancing the kingdom, shining light into the darkness of this age. How about that? You know, don't put yourself down. A um, couple of things about the battle. The purpose of your battle. You need a purpose. And here's this. Vision gives pain a purpose. That's cool. If I know what this is about, the pain that I go through, I understand it. There's purpose in here. When you know that what you're moving towards, you will have the stamina, strength, and steadfastness to come out on the other side of your battle. So why do we war in the spirit? What glistening light awaits at the end of your tunnel? And how can you focus on its flow instead of the shadows that are around you? The clear purpose of the wilderness battles is to test and establish our faith. That, I think, has been done. The, our, the last 30 years has been to establish and test our faith. I agree with that. James says, when you fall into great uh, trials, count it joy. It's producing faith. Faith. Faith is fundamentally a relational term. Now, y'all need to hear this. Faith has to do with relationship. You know, I don't need to use my faith to get a swim in the pool as a witnessing tool. And I don't need a red car unless it's to redeem something. There ain't no end to what he'll do with anything to redeem something. You know, God will heal someone to redeem a situation. And get this, and he will not heal sometimes to, to have a, another purpose in mind. 
How is it that there were so many people in, in Israel that never got healed by Jesus? How, how is it that the guy at the gate beautiful that was healed by Peter and John wasn't healed by Jesus? Did Jesus go into that same gate? Didn't he? Of course he did. How come that guy didn't get healed? Because God had another purpose later on. You get it? He needed to save one for John and, and Peter so that he could establish his church. That these are the guys that's carrying the water now. You get it? So, faith is not in what you get right now. It's in the fact that you're drawing closer to God. That's your reward. It really is. It's not things. It's Him. So, faith is fundamentally a relational term. It's not first a matter of what you believe, but whom do you trust? Ooh, hello. In the midst of battle, it can seem so complex. But when the dust settles and the smoke clears, the real war is always over the same question. Whom will we believe? Whom will we listen to? God or the devil? So we're, we're, the relationship thing is going to get stronger and stronger so that we can become who we're supposed to be. May I remind you that your battle is not simply to establish your faith, but it's also to demonstrate light on this earth. People speak of darkness as if it's the most dominant force in the world, as if darkness is forcing light out of the world. But nothing can be further from the truth. It's light that is stalking the darkness. I love that. Where's the darkness? Let's go shine over there. The goodness of God is overwhelming evil. Truth is overcoming lies. And the power of the Spirit is displacing the powers of darkness. How? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, we overcome. We overcome everything. And you know what? That scripture that we're so fond of, I just quoted it. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. Have you ever heard that scripture? Let's see your hands. Get them up there. You know what it's talking about when it says that. Overcoming the beast. Don't get that? You think we might have to face the beast? Or why is that scripture there talking about the beast? So wake up. Get right with God and get ready to rock and roll. And know that, you know, there's going to be some serious warfare ahead of us. You have got to get up and fight. And let the kingdoms of this world around us become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ for the glory of God. Now, there are a few of you, I mean, I, I've been watching this year. Some of y'all's testimonies are pretty damn good. I watched the Mole Downies. I watched the Everett's. And I watched Dingling back there. Would you come up here, Dingling? She knows who I talk about. I mean, this is amazing what's been going on with this girl. You want to just talk a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I trust you. Amen. Don't, don't mess me up now. Oh. By going for 30 minutes, I just go fine. Um, so, my monster was addiction for over 10 years. And um, then I went to prison for... 26 months, which was the best thing that had ever, ever happened to me. You couldn't take it away from me because I was in a faith-based dorm, and um, it was mind-blowing. So on December 19th, I had a hysterectomy, and um, I've had migraines since Luke, after Luke was... um, born in Lucas 15 right now and um, these migraines were just ruining my life and I was on two different prescription migraine pills which you're not supposed to be but I was taking my 24 plus some of my mom's 
with migraines that would last three to five days with vomiting, diarrhea. That's this not a lot. Before the surgery, right? Yeah, before the surgery. And so as the surgery approached, what was your big issue? That I was going to get back into an addiction. Fear. Yes. And I cried. I was so scared because I know that I like it. Ah. Whoa, 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 whoa. What a confession, sister. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. See, that's what I'm looking for right there. She didn't run from the truth. She spoke it out. You will never have victory if you hide the truth. You get that? Speak it out. And she called me. Let me go. Okay, so about two weeks before my surgery, Luke, of all my kids, Jesse let him go to a basketball game in his car. He only has um, a permit. He needs an adult. But Jesse let him. I said no. Jesse said yes. He got just pulled. established the truth again. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's the truth. <laughs> anyway, he got pulled over. And y'all knows, know Luke's history. It scared him. And um, he cried and he cried and he he knew he was in trouble. The next day, he didn't go to school because Luke told me, Luke comes in and says, Mom, Luke says his throat hurts. So I'm like, okay, I'll take Luke to school. We'll take Luke to Andrew's Family Medicine. Luke's all, no, Mom, I'm okay. I don't need to go to the doctor. Later on, after school, Luke had community service. I take him. I don't notice anything, but when I pick him up, I notice he has marks on his neck. Well, before that, when I took him, I came and found a letter in the trash can. I was stuffing the trash can. I found a letter, and it looked like Luke's handwriting, and I thought it was a love letter to his girlfriend. I was like, oh, okay. It was a suicide note. And um, he was telling everybody he loved him and thanking my mom for being there for him when I was locked away. And I called Jesse. He's like, are you going to talk to him? I said, yes. I picked him up for a community store. I said, Luke. And this is when I noticed this neck marks. I said, baby, did you try to hurt yourself? And I said, and you need to tell me the truth because if you don't start talking, because he's not a talker, I said, I'm taking you somewhere right now. And he said, yes. He tried to hang himself with the belt. And I, I'm in shock because I'm, I'm saying this very nonchalant after it happens. And um, I let Larry know on that Wednesday and Ashley and Mike, by Sunday, I was walking around like, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. I wanted to use so bad. Larry happened to call me to check on Luke. And since I've been home, it was the first time I was able to admit to him I wanted to use. And guess what? I've also wanted to use on some good days. And I don't even get it. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. If I'm happy, no migraine. What? It's, that's what's scary about it. You know? I'm like, so, and Larry, he's like, good. I'd be like, if you weren't confessing, there'd be something wrong with you. You know, because of my past. And, um, okay. So we get through that. And, the thing, this is the thing about Luke, what God showed us. Luke is not suicidal at all. But the enemy doesn't care. He wanted to kill my son. I was blown away. Like, he wanted to take out my son, my Luke. With Levi, we could see stuff. You know, when it happened with Levi, we saw the signs. With Luke, it was out of anywhere, nowhere. And so... You know, Larry is like, you know how to be a soldier. You need to. You know how to warfare. You're right. I do. I went away, and it's basically I went to go train. Mm -hmm. You know, I know how to fast. I know how to speak against the devil. I know how to pray scripture. I know. So what am I doing? I don't know. I don't know. It was just bad. And it was, I felt I was going back into a pit without the pills or drugs, but I felt it was not very far away, the way this was going. Okay, so here comes hysterectomy. 
Let me tell you, if I knew what God had in store, I would not have had that hysterectomy. The hysterectomy went amazing. They gave me, Mom, I don't even know how, what triggered the migraine. Was it, it was because they gave me, um, in, in recovery, they gave me, um, it's very strong, Delata? Delata. And it triggered, I felt good for a minute, okay? But it triggered the worst migraine. From a 1 to 10, it was a 15. And hospitals don't have Imitrex. They don't have anything like that. So they came with hydrocodone. My mom said, is that going to help? I said, it's going to be 50-50. Nope. It went to a 15, and it was horrible and my doctor wouldn't answer the phone for over three hours and I was crying my mom was crying at one point she left the room to call Larry and I'm vomiting over the rail and my doctor never answered finally she told the nurse I have what she takes Maxol and the nurse they were so desperate too they were like give her one and slowly they it, my migraine started going away, but there was still, and my mom had a migraine too. And then I overhear my mom the next day telling my dad, I was really, really sick, but I didn't want to tell Becky how bad it was. The next morning, my migraine was coming back, and I said, can I just have some, like, non-aspirin? They come in with hydrocodone. This is all that you can have. It has on there. I was like, no, no. And then Pam sent me a text after I sent a testimony out, and it really just gave me revelation. I had to go through something that would make me hate that medicine. Because there was no way I was putting that stuff in my mouth again. Because it was my enemy. You know, it was my enemy. And so, I wish I had really thought this out. Today, 17 days without a migraine. That's the longest. When I came home, I was on Tylenol 3 and Desilem, and it triggered a migraine. Um, so I had to take um, some Max Salt. But after that day, um, I was able to quit the cough medicine. And then the last few pills, I told my mom, you could throw them now. And um, not only that, my insides always hurt. I couldn't bend over. It was very hard to do personal stuff. That's all healed. I was like, Jesse, look, look, look. <laughs> and he just laughs, you know. Okay. <laughs> We were just talking earlier, like, that one hysterectomy. And I was like, I was confident God was going to use it to heal my migraines. That, that was going to be life-changing. But he went above and beyond. And it blows my mind because I'm like, why do I continue to put you in a box? Why do I do that? This life, these last 17 days, is... I don't, it's whoa. I don't even know it. Like, no pain. Nowhere. Nowhere. Mm. Um, even, I developed a rash after the surgery, and I couldn't take Benadryl because that triggered a migraine. But my rash was getting worse even with creams. I broke down and took half a Benadryl. No migraine. I was like, whoa. Chocolate. No migraine. Whoa. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I mean, it last? It's, um, I made pork chops last night. How to stay away from pork. No migraine. I was like, oh, my God. Let me read this. You set a table in the middle of my war. You knew the outcome of it all. When I faced what looked like it never end, you said, watch the giants fall. Yeah, chocolate, pork chops, my God. Table. <laughs> yeah. See what I love about this is that she 
you know, her migraines was open the door 10 or 15 years ago, however long it's been, to drug mm-hmm. use, which just has destroyed their family. Yeah. You talk about a giant. I, I, I get it. But watch the someone that can defeat a giant. But how do you do it? You face it. it. Does it cost you anything? How about a puking deal with migraines after having a hysterectomy? Folks, restoration will cost you. There's pain involved. But the only thing I can say about the pain is it's only measured by the glory that follows. That's how you measure the pain. If it's a factor of 10 right here with pain, glory, way up here. So it hurts. It really does hurt. That's reality. But what God is doing is taking the giants out, giving you the land that once you were defeated in. Glory to God. But not because of her great struggle. I mean, the one thing that really got me with her, she finally admitted until the other day, she thought she was done with that because she hated it. Then she found out, you know, she really did want some more of that stuff. That's reality. Okay, now I'm facing the real truth. Now I'm down at the bottom of the root of the thing. I wanted it all along. You know what? That's what I found with God. The things I so try to fight him with or try to fight it with, with the law, thou shalt not, touch not, taste not, handle not, none of that matters. The fact is I wanted it. I wanted the things I'm trying to legislate out of my life. And if I can face that truth, I can get free of that thing because the love of God sets me free. And I think, you know, what, like Larry's saying is, for that beauty to exchange those ashes, there's a fire. Mm -hmm. And if we just realize that God has his hand on every situation, that he is a good, good father, and that he is faithful, then we can trust him with that fire. Because it is going to hurt. And it comes, that fire comes in ways you don't expect it. Right. I didn't expect Luke, of mm-hmm. all my kids, to try to commit suicide. I did not expect that number 15 migraine that night. But God knows what it takes. And that's the process we have to trust is that he knows. And, you know, Pam had said in the text, she said, he knew what he was going to face and he was willing. Yeah. Really? If we knew, we wouldn't. Amen. That's true. We wouldn't. That's the truth. So that's why I'm like, okay, you're right. Don't let me see because it'd be a no. Like 99% of the time it'd be a no. I don't want to do that. Um, so it gets better. Well, this is some warfare, King. Let me be honest. Jesse and I got into one of the worst fights we had gotten into probably in 10 years. Intense fellowship. Um, I was kind of joking and threw a spoon at him, and he threw it back. And this is a few days after my surgery, and he hit me in the stomach. Good shot. And I went to the room, and I cried. It was so bad. I could not believe we went there. And he came in. He's like, I am sorry. We both cried. We were devastated that. I was like, in 10 years, we haven't fought like that. Like, we really... Sometimes we fight about saying stuff that he has issues with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, um, I've gotten into some arguments with Crystal, of all people. And on New Year's Eve, okay, me and Crystal got into an argument, so my mom was mad. My mom was be- mad. I knew she was mad. And it really bothered me, Mom, that you were mad, let me tell you. But we got a text message New Year's Eve from Crystal, Audra too, in a group. And Crystal said, y'all want menudo? And I was like, yes. And I'm already crying because I was just going to pick up the phone and call Audra. I'm so sad and I don't know how to fix this. And she's all like, maybe time. And Jesse's all, God's timing, just wait. Y'all Estrada girls are crazy. That's why your mom's mad. Y'all are crazy. This is also true. And um, then... Calling it out. My mom said, well, you know, y'all can come to my house. And then my sisters started saying, I love you, I love you, I love you so much, to each other. And, you know, for once, me and my mom didn't have to bring that together. And it's like my mom said, and God said, 
I don't need you to do anything. I'm going to show you what I can do. Talk about restoration. And that night was smooth. It was real. It was gentle. It was fun. And it was all about God because I was such on a Jesus high, I couldn't go to sleep. And the next morning I was still on this Jesus high. 2019 is already different. What is going on? Like, I'm like, God. And then let me tell you something else. My mom, I had to take her to the doctor to get some shots because she was sick with sinus and migraine. And I so I didn't bother her all that day, but I texted my sisters. I was like, how's my mom? They're like, it's back. The migraine's back. I was like, man. I was like, y'all want to pray? Neither of them answered back to me. And I was like, I don't know what I'm waiting for anyway. So I just started looking up scripture, um, healing scriptures, and I started praying out loud. Because I know, I know this, I learned this, that God likes to hear his word prayed back to him. And I just started praying these healing scriptures with my mom's name in it. And I felt this emotion arise. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I was like, call your mom and pray these scriptures over her. And so I called my mom. I was like, Mom, your migraine's back. She's like, actually, it just broke. I was like, Mom, I was just praying for you scriptures, putting your name in it. She's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, why? Why do I, am I so surprised when God honors prayers? Mm-hmm. Why am I so surprised at everything he's done? And um, Phyllis, for me, I think about her every day because that's my example. If I say yes to this door, I'm going to go with Phyllis. Mm-hmm. If I say no, I'm going to do what I know Phyllis honestly wanted to do mm-hmm. and live for Jesus. Amen. You know? So I think about her a lot in them. And I hope this does give hope, you know, and glory to God, all the glory to God. You know, and, you know, I've three times in prison, you name it, me and my husband have done it, and we're still together. And we wouldn't trade it. If we had to go through it again to be where we are, we would do it. We like each other. We celebrated 19 years. Are you staying in now? Spooning. It's a bad joke. Spooning. I get it. Oh, you get it? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am, Nora. Come here. Somebody said o'clock. Tick, tick, tick. First, Nora. God is training warriors, and if you haven't noticed, that's. See, the Hittites in the promised land are warriors. Now, we defeat them in the, in, the, uh, in the wilderness. But when we go to fight the Hittites in the, in the, in the coming days, I'm on her side. Hittite. He, he doesn't know that I'm going to be running the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chasing you. Um, I want to say something about being a warrior. <laughs> you have to be led by God. Amen. You have to wait and be led by God. And um, with Becky, when, um, you know, when she had her surgery and she had that migraine, and I saw how sick she was um, getting, well, immediately um, the warrior in me kicked in. And I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to pray. I'm going to start praying that much, that much harder. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be that much stronger. And, um, and this is after... I've already, I walked out in the hall and I'm, and I'm crying mm-hmm. because, you know, I guess as a parent, no matter how old your kid is, you, it's so hard to see them suffering. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did not want Becky to see me break down. So I walked out in the hall and, I, and I'm bawling out there, right? So then I come back and Becky's just getting worse and worse and I'm like okay here we go but let me tell you something I had my hands on her and I was praying and I felt like nothing was moving and I'm like and and then I I took my hands off of her and I stepped back and I said all right God I'm not I'm not seeing it and I don't understand it and in, in, immediately in my spirit, I, I sensed like, you need to back off. And you know what, church, I did. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. I did not see God in that storm. Mm-hmm. I will 
confess it to you, I did not see him in that. And you know what? That was God. All that pain, all that stuff that went on with Becky, that was God. And the revelation did not come to us until the next day. And then it was clear as light. I understood that God allowed that because that's what it took to keep that um, that addiction. Um, I'm going to call it dead in the name of Jesus. It's done in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I realized the next day, you know what? If if uh, Becky had not responded to that pain medication the way she did, you know, they would have just kept giving her more and mm-hmm. more. And guess what? We would have walked out with. Right. So I, oh, I'm like, all right, God. And the thing about, um, you know, in our family, yes, my girls are very, all, we're all very strong real women. And um, we have a lot of strife sometimes. And uh, Miley and I have prayed, Becky and I, we have prayed for restoration with, for our family. And uh, Christmas Day, amazing amazing and I have to add this I decorated my house I set my table decorated my tables and uh, we had an amazing Christmas day dinner mm-hmm. well it was so great let's continue the joy so the 26th in the morning I text them all hey come over let's have another dinner together well it didn't take long and everything went south right and you know what I was, I was so upset, and, uh, you know, uh, after everybody left, I went to my bedroom, and I said, you know what, God, that's it, that's it, you know, I'm not going to pray about this no more, I'm not going to want this no more, that's it, I don't care, and uh, then, the uh, New Year's Eve, you know, like Becky said, we get a, we get a text from Crystal, let's get together. Okay, well, come over to my house. But this time, you know what? I didn't set that, set up the table or anything. I'm going I'm away and see what happens, right? And, <laughs> and, then, and then we had the most, and this time it was going to be all three girls and their families. And we had the Lord blessed us. And we had the most wonderful, amazing New Year's Eve, you know, it made up for so much because I laughed so much and so hard. My, you know how your stomach muscles start to hurt where you're laughing so hard? And uh, this is really what I heard God say. You see what I can do, Nora? And, uh, and, I, and I understand that because Nora has tried for too long to fix too many things. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to make it happen. I try to fix it. I try to mend it. And this time it was like, no. You, apart from me, this is what I've really heard God telling me. Um, apart from me, Nora, you can do nothing. And you better get that in your head. <laughs> and, you know, and then it happened with our, our New Year's. It was like, Amen. see, Nora, you see what I can do? Like, yeah, God, I do. So I just what I wanted to share. So be strong in the Lord yes. and the power of his might. Yes. One more, and then we're out of here. You better do this. Okay, so I know Will shared a lot of it when he gave that message that one morning. But, mm, that was good. Um, 2018 was a year for me to learn who I really was in Christ and who, who, I, who I was to Papa God. Um, that's been such a hard lesson for me for a long time is just to see myself who how he sees me and to accept myself and my sins and my shortcomings because I'm very much a legalist and uh when I break the rules I like yes when I break the rules I I chastise myself so much to the point where I steal my own peace Mm -hmm. so at the beginning of the year you know he started teaching me just what I really meant to him and and who I was and why, and I was beginning to feel such a freedom and a peace with myself. And then my husband, uh, 
up and decides that he's going to quit his job and start a business. So I'm like, okay, you know, we can do this. I, I have rode out, ridden, ridden. Rode. I have gone through many roller coasters with this man. So I was like, this is a godly one. <laughs> he's serving the Lord. We can do this one. Well, that, that, you know, turned out to be one of the hardest ones just because there was so much fear because it affected my whole family. And um, for months, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how we were going to make a living. And I was to the point where I was just so stressed. My bills were piling up. Um, the business was acquiring debt, and the business wasn't even making money yet. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? So I, honestly, like I say this, and I'm not, I'm not being funny. Or I was at the point where I was doubting everything I had just learned. I was like, well, why am I going through this when I just made all of that progress? Like I could see behind me, and it was all this new stuff and good stuff. And I'm angry, and I'm trying really hard not to resent my husband, but it's very transparent. I'm a, I'm a very transparent person. It's very obvious that I'm not happy with him. Like, I, there were times I, I couldn't even touch him. I didn't want to look at him because I was so upset. But it, I wasn't upset with him. I was just upset. And um, so it was a lot of lessons all in that time. And finally, when I thought I couldn't take any more, um, we we get a check. They and the guy's like, hey, you know, come and get this check. And uh, he made it personal. It was a what 10.99? I don't know what that. So it was contract, and um, we didn't expect it. So it was like a huge blessing, right? And I'm like, yes, Lord. So I opened this envelope, and it was this amount that I was like, oh my God, you know, I can pay all my bills. I can buy groceries. I can do everything I need to. So I'm sobbing because the day before, literally, guys, the day before, we had learned that we had to redo all of our paperwork for the business. Every single piece of paperwork. We had to change the name. We had to change all of our MSAs. We had to do everything all over from the beginning. And that, that was what I felt was the end. I was like, I, how are we going to do another three months without income for this little thing? One word, another three months. Like, Lord, I can't Legalist, do it. one word. One word. Legal, he's driving that legalism oh right God. out of here. I was like, why? <laughs> I was so John angry. Tittle, you know, one, who wants legalism? Larry, but we're laying in bed, and he happened to read the email at like 2 o'clock in the morning. So we both wake up, and we're laying there. Our heads are spinning. I feel like I'm going to vomit, and I don't know what's happening. And the week before, Janine was like, you have to command the atmosphere around you. And I'm like, what does that even mean? So I'm like, you know what? No. I'm not, I'm not going to let this steal my peace and erase all the progress I just made. So literally, I lay there, and I was like, Lord, I declare a spirit of peace and an atmosphere of peace in my home. Give us rest. Give us sleep. Let us sleep good. Whatever comes tomorrow, let it come. But tonight, let us rest. The very next morning, the guy was like, hey, I have a check for you. So I'm like, what? <laughs> okay, Lord. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then I'm all happy and I'm crying. Literally, I'm sobbing. I'm going like 25 miles per hour down this um, county road. I don't even know what road it's on. It's towards Shafter. And I'm headed to Will so he can sign the check. So we can put it in the bank, right? And I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to burst. I'm like, Lord, I need to put some music on. So in my car, it has Pandora. So I put Pandora on. And the very first song that comes on, not even kidding, is Prophesy Your Promise. Oh, are you serious? And uh -huh. I'm like, I've never heard this song before. So I'm listening, and I'm already sobbing. I'm crying. I'm a mess because I'm like, Lord... You just did what I needed you to do, and it was incredible. So I'm driving, and I'm crying, and this song, all of these things, if y'all have not heard it, listen to it. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my car, and I told, you know, we have a message, a group message. I was like, guys, I just had an encounter with the living God. 
Like he came to me and encountered me. And I was undone. I could not believe that God did that. And so I'm listening to this song and it's changing my life. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to share it with everybody. So I literally share it with everybody I can think of. And I'm like, so happy and I feel so fulfilled. And I'm all, yes, Lord. And he's like, Pam, this is what it looks like to deal with life like you know who you are. It's time to know whose you are. It's time to know who you are. I can't go into 2019 believing that the old things and the old way of handling my life is going to suffice for this new year. It won't. And that's what he told me. He's like, Pam, this is new territory. You don't know what the heck you're doing. But I do. It's time to know whose you are. So... For me and for our home and our family, that's what the lesson was. And that's how we closed our year. And my husband was home for almost three weeks, and we didn't kill each other. We were at peace. I wasn't afraid of how we were going to make ends meet. And I'm still not afraid. I'm not afraid because I know. I know whose I am. I know who I am. So anyway. And I'll tell you, honestly, part of the... uh... Part of the deal for you, just like Becky, legalism is a terrible giant. You can't occupy the promise land with that. You will out with a faith. So he'll drive it right out of your daddy on face. (laughs) You know, one word. One word. 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 Don't ask for miracles this early. Okay, so 19 signifies the setting forth. Uh, of God's perfect order so that he can judge things. That's pretty heavy. The setting forth of everything in perfect order so God can judge it. Up or down. And then the next year coming in is, is the uh, year of 20. It's the year of redemption. It's, it's the hand outstretched. It's either up to give, him, to give you anything you want or down to cover your sin. He's got you covered. It's all good. It is all good. Amen. Tell your tell your face it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Let's all stand up. It's all good. Father, we just thank you that it is all good. Because you're the author of it all for us. Romans eight twenty eight. We believe. And we give you the glory. Now make us be conformed to the image of Jesus your son. Amen. See you tonight, six.